Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck, reporter of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today... Well, first, I got to tell you how I'm feeling today. I got to say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Slam through. And Taylor? I'm in a glass case of emotion. Anchorman? That's Anchorman. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to switch it up. I'm trying to make this this bit. I'm trying to see if this actually works or if it's just really boring. So now I'm trying to uh, so, say uh, lines. So you were Bane as what's saying? Yeah, what's, what's, what's either going Bane or Sean Connery? Okay, so I was earlier. I tried it with Sean Connery. And I was like, that does sound like Bane. So we'll just do this, and I bet that it'll come up that they ask if I'm Bane or Sean Connery. Yeah, there we go. Well, we took the bait, man. Good job. Um, well, I think Andrew said it first. Yeah, I'd give it to him. I believe I did. Great job. Okay, this is going to work for Andrew. Saying lines not in the way that they're said in the movies somehow makes more sense to Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that clicks in my brain a little faster. Uh, and Jay. <laughs> it's Jay. So the Thunder lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. What? Is yeah. how how do they play the Thunder better than anybody else? Is it Jaron Jackson Jr.? Is he the game changer? He was really good. They just packed the paint probably more than anybody else does. So how much does Chet? Uh, Chet I almost called him Shay. Che, how much does Chet change? Like their ability to, because Memphis is one of those teams, and Alex kept reminding of the, us of this last year. Is Memphis is a team that will share, like they will be both elite at the same time here in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Memphis is a little bit of a head ahead, obviously, as far as age and as far as what they've already accomplished. But I think about that, and because I'm thinking long term, like, all right, so how do the Thunder shift the way? they can play against this Memphis team. And I, I just wonder how much Chet and the guy's development changes their ability to play. I think Chet is a big deal, obviously, to be able to pull JJJ out of the paint, somebody that also can – I mean, we have no rim protection, really. Yeah. Um, but, man, it just, I, it, they just turn it into an absolute slog. Like, it is just rough. That's yeah. what I think it is, Jay. I think it's the rim. Per- so look at the uh, so three point percentage for both teams. Both teams went fourteen of thirty eight from three, so thirty six point eight percent. And then look at um, overall field goal percentage. Thunder thirty seven percent from the field. Grizz fifty one percent. And so the difference is they have centers and bigs that protect the rim, and we do not. And I think yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I guess that is part of why. Because I'm even thinking more offensively. How come it's so so hard for the Thunder offensively? 
And that's the bigger question for me than, you know, the defensive side of it. Like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, and I, I get all that. But Dylan Brooks does a great job on Shea. I think between Dylan Brooks and and Herb Jones, it's like the two best guys yeah. guarding him in the NBA mm-hmm. so far. But I don't know. It just is – I guess when he's the only guy you really have to worry about, it makes it way easier to defend them. Yeah. And that's how it was against the Grizz this, both times ultimately because none of the – historically you've had Isaiah Joe play well in one of these games or Jalen Williams play well in one of these games, but – I don't know. It just felt like nobody could do anything. Yeah. I mean, they they it hung seemed, with them, though. I mean, they hung with them yeah. through three quarters. And then in the fourth, they kind of pulled away. But, mm-hmm. you know, nobody else had it going. Shea didn't, Shea didn't even have it going. He was 4-14. Yeah, he was not great. You know, he was just game. getting to the line. Just tell. It's the two, probably two worst games of the season for Shea were against Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Just what he had. Uh, that's why it's like, ah. Yep. He did have than last career. Year. I'm sorry, my connection is so bad. I keep, I think it's on. <laughs> I keep trying to talk, and I'm like, oh crap, they're already talking. <laughs> he did have career highs in uh, free throw attempts and free throw makes, 17 of 19. The yeah. team only had 23, and he was making the Grizzlies fans moan and groan a little bit, getting all those superstar calls down there, which is hilarious to me because it's like, you guys have jaw. He gets this stuff every game. Is it just annoying to you because someone else is? Well, what's, yes. What, what's funny is that no one else in the starting lineup took a free throw. It was yeah. she, the starting lineup took 19 free throws, and it was Shea that took 19 free throws. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I didn't realize that. I mean, it's it's pretty funny. And the I mean, the rest of the team. I mean, the bench only took four total. You know, they got 23 free throws, and. <laughs> It was all basically Shea. You know, Grizzlies only shot 16. I mean, Shea took more free throws than the entire Grizzlies team. That's definitely something that is going to serve him really well in the future, especially when there's somebody else to care about. I think you you hit it, Jay. Right now, there's nobody else to care about. It's like, okay, Josh Giddy beat us. Jada beat us. Poku beat us. Good luck. Mm -hmm. And none of them can do it yet. (laughs) Giddy. I loved how honest he was. He's like, uh, that guy is an incredible shot blocker. He's like, there were two or three times where I thought, oh, I'm going to get this, and then he just threw it. Yep. Yeah, he's really good. Jaron Jackson is five blocks. He I just, if he, he's he's kind of that, not, not in the same, well, maybe, I don't know, but when you think about Anthony Davis in the sense of, I know JJJ has not been quite as injury prone, but he is an injury prone. Yeah, he definitely he's, is. He's yeah. missed a lot of time for, for being this young. Yeah. Just offensively, he's not as skilled as AD. But defensively, he's probably not that far off. I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and it's this is definitely the way that the Thunder had been playing up to this Grizzlies game. Like, I was really excited to tune in. But yeah. after that fourth quarter, in the middle of that fourth quarter, it was like, okay, well, this is kind of a game you don't really want to sit and stew on for very long no no you don't what what did you think of life without dort i think he actually not having him made things more difficult not just Mm -hmm. on defense either i think just having somebody else that's aggressive the way he is 
I don't know, man. There's something about Dort that just the offense. I, it, it it could be a false correlation, right? Yeah. Like I get that. It could have just been like on another night against a different team, and Dort sits out. It's not a big deal. They can still score. J J Dub, you know, plays well. Giddy can make some of those floaters, whatever. But it's hard to. I mean, nobody else had the aggression that Dort normally does. That was the only thing that was probably glaring for me. Like everybody else deferred more than they they probably should have. Although Giddy still shot thirteen shots, and J Dub and everybody just shot poorly. Yeah, uh, Jerry shot four of eleven. J-Dub, 3 of 11. So they both got 11 shots, but, man, it just – I don't know. Felt like, oh, Amayuri got 11 shots, so I'm glad he got some burn. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was really appreciating that. <laughs> it's like, why – that's what – this is – I know I'm kind of scattered on this, and I apologize, but, like, why wasn't Jang there? He's, I mean, he's – Killing it in the, in the blue, baby. But what I'm saying is, like, they – Kenrich, Ludort, both <clears throat> out. This seems like a perfect opportunity to get Jing minutes. Yeah, he. I mean, this is this is kind of what the Thunder do, though. It's like they have a plan that is like set out. Like, hey, we're gonna play this many games on the road trip, and then we're gonna send you back to the blue. And this was decided, I would guess, weeks ago, right at the beginning of the season. Like, here's Usman Jang's plan for the season, and here's when he's gonna be with the G League. Here are the games that we want him to play. You know, I think they wanted him to play against that game against the Kings. Um, so it's just all predetermined stuff and not, they don't look at like how he's playing or what's going on. It's just, um, it's done just based on a schedule. Well, I don't like it. So I know we let somebody know. I don't like it. I'll let them know. I'll let them know that Jay's out on this plan. Out, man. Just let it ride. Yeah. We needed him. Yeah. He could have been the difference maker. Yeah. I didn't even realize Poku played against the Grizzlies. He was good because I was actually comparing him and uh, Aldama the whole game. I was like, who's who's more interesting? Okay, it's good. It's still Poku. Poku's still the more interesting player. Good. I like Santi. I like how he plays, though. Santi's, he had a pass. Santi's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty interesting. He's pretty unpredictable. Yeah. You know, you look at him and you think you can assume, like you assume how he's going to play. And then he does not do that. So, no. uh, Jay, I agree with you, though. I felt like having Dort out almost made the offense too simple or too predictable. You know, like he adds this this kind of chaos to the offense that I think is throws defenses off because they're like, what is going on right now? Yeah, because when Shea has the ball, the you ball. can't. Yeah. Yeah. No one else will really Sh- drive the ball like him. And he, he's no. not finishing well around the rim. Like, well, that's. It obviously doesn't always result in good things, but he is always trying to create something on the offensive mm-hmm. end. These pull-up threes. I mean, he's averaging 14 points per game, and you just like remove 14 points per game, and it's like, hey, somebody else go replace this. And you know, Trey played better against the Grizzlies than he had in a little while, but you know, you're not. They they didn't easily replace the point production that was there. Um, yeah, I am I missing? Also, go ahead. Am I missing something with the Baisley? Because on was he injured? Because no. on stats he just had a DNP. He's coach's had, decision. Back back to back DNPs. Yeah, for base. That seems less than encouraging. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, so also, this is what's crazy. So about a Dort, about a Dort. Dort over his last 10 is shooting almost 40% from the three-point line. Yeah. You know, 81% from the free throw line. The Those misses at the rim, which against the Hawks, they were so glaring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only thing, because he's almost shooting the exact same from the field as he is from the three-point line. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I just think that he was missed. I don't think it's crazy to say that. You know, against Minnesota, he was really good. Had 18 points against Minnesota, 23 against San Antonio, and that win. Both of those games shooting really well from the three-point line. I don't know. I, I just think it's easy to 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 really dump on Dort. He's the lightning rod of frustration, especially since Baisley's getting DMPs. But dump on Dort, dump on Dort, dump and uh, dump to Dort. And I, it, some of it's real, man. Like his finishing at the rim, especially against Atlanta, was just really bad. But I don't know. At the same time, I'm like, well, he's. I think he's pretty clearly missed against the Grizz. The two guys I think this season that we've talked about the most that are frustrating at times and that kind of throw things off in the offense has been it's been Dort and Baisley, right? When Baisley's out, you don't really notice or care that much, except maybe in games like this where it's like we could have used Baisley's shot blocking in defense. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we would have seen that more in this game. We would have seen at least some different looks on offense from Baisley. He would have been able to just do something with the ball that's different than than what Shea was doing the whole game. And then now with Dort, he's gone. And you're like, you know, I do kind of miss Dort, actually. Maybe there maybe there is something positive <laughs> to the offense that Dort brings. That And maybe we shouldn't be as frustrated with him at, at times. Yeah. As we are. Maybe there's a reason they gave him a massive extension and want him yeah. to be around for the foreseeable future. Maybe there's a reason he doesn't get DNPs and Bayes does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that comparison has been a little ridiculous this year. It's like there's a lot of people that come on Twitter and want to talk about that comp. It's like if if that were reasonable, Baisley would still be getting starts for this team. Because he started almost every game last year. There were just a handful of games that he came off the bench. And he was kind of the token power forward. And it's been Poku sometimes. It's been JRE. It's been Wiggins. It's been, you know, J-Dub. But not once have they started Baisley. I just, I think we're just heading down a path where Baze is going to be gone. We've talked about this since the summer. That it just made sense for the Thunder to move on from from Baisley and this is this clearly can't be what Darius wants either like in a season that's a contract year Darius does not want to have DMPs you know especially with the way that the last few years have gone so you know it's it's probably more fair to Baisley and to the team to to let him go at some point you know for like a top 40 protected second or just like whatever you can get it you feels know. inevitable, though. Like, that's where we're headed. Yeah. And I don't know what the they get back for it. It may just be some sort of even fake pick, right? Where it's like, Could oh, be. it's protected so heavily that it never or it conveys to the last possible pick in the second round or something like that. But, mm-hmm. and I, whatever, I think that's okay. I, you've mentioned this numerous times. And we've talked about this a lot is just the reality that 
there are going to be guys that we do like, which Baisley's been, you know, in the in the overall fandom, I think Baisley has been a I don't know. Some people love him. Some people think we're too harsh on him. Some people think we're not harsh enough. Some people love him. Some people hate him. But in the end, for me, is what I see with Baisley is like he's just one of those examples of guys that we may buy into or think has a place to play in the future of this team and just doesn't work out. And the Thunder have to move on. And that's going to be somebody at some point, it's going to be somebody that you're really uh, shocked by, right? Not hopefully to the level of James Harden trade, right? You know, but they're they just will not have enough room for every single player that they've drafted, nor will they have enough. Like, not everybody is going to be as successful as the guys that they've drafted in the last two drafts. Mm-hmm. Like, the we've talked about this two years ago the Trey Man, JRE, Giddy, Wiggins draft. In hindsight, you're like, okay, that's a pretty awesome draft. I think out of all those guys, the guy that you're most probably questioning is Trey Mann. What does mm-hmm. his long-term NBA career look like? If he can't find consistency, mm-hmm. he's super young, and I'm not saying we give up on him yet because of what his potential skill set is. But when you watch him play, you're like, that could be the guy that we thought, man, I really thought Trey Mann was going to be something. Yeah, Kind of like I thought Kyle Weaver was going to be something, you know, or whatever <laughs> kind of insert guy from the past. Trey Mann is our Kyle Weaver. Yeah, yeah I, I hope think, Trey Mann isn't Kyle Weaver. But I think the difference is between this era of the Thunder versus the other one. It's like we really were just kind of joyfully enjoying every single moment. We weren't as in-depth thinking about this. Like NBA, and that's what's crazy. In 10 years, NBA has dramatically changed in the way it has been covered. The access that the the casual fan has to information – for draft, for statistics, for all of that stuff. Like, it's dramatically different in the last 10 years. And so we are evaluating these guys in a far tighter way. And so what we're getting to experience is some guys that we are hyped about that are not going to be a part of this team, and it's going to be painful time to time. And I think, basically, for some, it's not going to be painful for most of the people on this podcast, but I think basically will be probably the first guy to go where you're like, dang, man, I really thought he could have done blank, 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 or he could have been mm-hmm. blank, blank, blank for the Thunder. And we might see him do that somewhere else when he has a different opportunity in a different role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, let's let's run through the the three-point shooting. That's all I got for today, guys. So, okay. All right. All right, CJ. Turn your mic off. Let's run through the, uh, the, the shooting in the last five games. I want to see if you guys can tell me who has shot the best. In the last five games for the Thunder. Are we talking about just overall? Yeah, let's go overall. Overall, my guess, number one, in our hearts and in this game, J-Dub. J-Dub is number four, 56% from the field, 36% from three, 27 of 48 in the last five games. Um, Is Poku up there? Poku is not up there. He's down. He's actually oh, had no. one of the worst shooting percentages in the last five games. He is 38% from the field, 27% <laughs> from three. He is back to old Poku. No, he's not. That Memphis, he was good out of here with his game. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually good. Uh, Wiggins. Wiggins is number seven, 44% from the field, 0% from three. I think two. we're af- we're afraid to say Shea. 
but he's. I just know be he's been there. a little less efficient. Yeah, he is forty-one percent from the field in the last five games, and twenty percent from three, three of fifteen. But he's sixty of sixty-four from the free throw line in the last five games. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. That's that's so great that we have one of those players again. Yeah. You know, okay, they they can't get it going on the court or like in the rhythm of play, but they realize it quickly and they're like, okay, I'm just I just need to get to the line. Yeah, yeah. he just finds a way. Yeah, um, Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe, he's up there. He's number five on the list. Okay, forty six percent from three, forty six percent from the field. Jerry, Jerry is is down there. Forty three percent from the field, thirty five percent from three. All right, we're, just we're running out of people here. Getting, yeah, is it's Lou like, up there? Uh, Lou gets Dort. No, he's down there. Forty one percent from the field, forty percent from three. As you mentioned, nine to twenty two from three. Is anybody is anybody in the top five? So some of them are small samples, but I've been trying to get you to say one name in particular. Hold on. That was missing in the last one game. name in particular. That was oh Kenrich. Well, Kenrich is up there too. He's it's only three games because he's missed. Oh, are we talking the about? Are we talking about my my man Gorgie? Yes, Gorgu Jang. <laughs> Gorgie Jang, who is has... now on the Thunder. If you've missed it, he's been on the Thunder. No, Usman Jang is in the last four games, which he missed the last game because he's in the G League. He's thirteen of nineteen. In the last four games, that's what I'm saying, man. Get him some minutes from the field, sixty-two percent from three. Put him on the court, Mark. Yeah, we need him. His uh, his 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 mate in the uh, the draft class, Jay Will, played played one one game. He played ten minutes in the last game, zero of three from three, mm-hmm. or zero of one from three, zero of three from the field. Uh, yeah, but- Jay, Jay Will's not ready. I, he's just he just very much looks not ready when he's on the floor. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, it's kind of interesting though because the last five games, you know, they've played re- pretty well. You know, they're three and two in the last five games, and you look at who's shot well, and like J Dub has been efficient, Jang was efficient, you know, Kenrich was efficient when he was in the game. You know, Mike has only played two of these games, but he's shot the ball well, but on like very, very limited attempts. But then like everybody mm-hmm. else is just not even really playing that well or shooting the ball that well. You know, this has been one of like the better stretches of the season for the Thunder. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. It is. I mean, this very. team is, is finding a way to to make it happen. Yeah. Willing themselves to a win. This is well, true. and they're going to shock the world when they beat the Cavs on Saturday. So, man, the Cavs are really, really good. Yeah. They're so fun. Did you guys watch that Cavs Lakers game? No, I yeah. loved it. They they're so, legitimately a very good team. They're so yeah, fun. That freaking proved to me in the playoffs. Cavs, they will. I think they will. That Jared Allen block on LeBron. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my just god, kidding, guys! I I don't. I I'm not that guy. You yeah. should be, because they will. Yeah, Jared Allen and Mobley will be tough for Shea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a tough matchup. Not to get door back though. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I mean, I, I don't think that get, he's get, supposed to miss a get ton of time. Usman back. 
I think Usa's staying in the G League for for a hot minute. Is that real? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Andrew. Sorry. What do you know? Just don't don't you know, I'm just the messenger. Get my hopes up. Just the messenger. Sorry. Here's the deal is you're right. It's gonna be problematic against the if if the if the Grizzlies were hard with one guy, uh the Cavs have two really good two elite shot blockers. Yeah. What did you think of the moment where where Steve O basically just throws Poku down like a rag doll? Fantastic. Like I don't know. It was there were multiple times where between him and Omayuri, they both just were like falling all over the place because do and especially on that, Steve has done this for as long as he's been in the NBAs on free throws. When his team is shooting, it's why he's so good at offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Is he just knows how to get his body in the right place and knows how to move people normally without fouling. Yeah. And with Poku, is it's just like Steve didn't do anything abnormal. Poku <laughs> just he didn't have a sturdiest moment in that game, and so he got just thrown. Yeah, it was not. I think it was sturdy. I think it was Stephen Dolan that uh, showed that clip, and he tweeted. Uh, I'm going to need a minute to process my emotions on this or something like that. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, these two guys I love, I loved that Steven Adams just threw him down, but should I feel okay about that? Like, (laughs) I didn't mind it just because it was Steve. I know. I felt the exact same way. Everybody was just like, hmm. Yeah. We're okay with that. We don't need to discuss that. I think I'm all right with this. Yeah. So, th- this team is obviously like this is Shea's team. Like, this is a Shea Gilders Alexander led team. They're running, like, everything runs through him. Can you guess how many more free throws he's taken compared to the second most free throws this taken is on total? The team? Total free I mean, throws. 100? It's going to be more than that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, too, closer to 200. Yeah, it's like 150. Yeah, it's 152 th- more free throws. Dort's second, right? Yeah, Dort's second with 79. Shea's taken 231 free throws. Yeah. It's just crazy. But then you look at three-point attempts. Dort's taken double the three-point attempts that Shea has. Shea's been so Dort picky has probably taken as he... many as like Stephen Curry, right? <laughs> Not as much as Steph, but he's taken a lot. That's what it feels like. He's taken a lot. Um. Yeah, I just think that just the free throw number is just wild. And, you know, we're talking about the guy who's leading the league and I think total attempts at the free throw line. But still, it's just like a kind of a jarring number to look at where it's just like, goodness gracious. It's just he just lives at the line right now. Now he's, yeah. he's third in total free throws just behind – Luca, who's at 239, and then Giannis, who's at 244. In three less games, Giannis is three less games than both Luca and Shea, and he's taken. I do vaguely remember. Four. I mean, this would have been probably two years ago, maybe last year, where it's we were always talking about just wait till he starts getting those superstar calls. Yeah, and here we are. It's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. And he's focusing on that part of his game more this year, too. It's it's so obvious. I mean, even last year, there were a lot of... We talked about this, but 
a lot of times he would try to bail himself out and bail the offense out with a step back three or a side step three or pull up three or whatever, like these jump shots. And he's so picky about those now. Like he does not just pull into one of those anymore. Yeah. I mean, overall, he's still shooting 50% from the field, 32% from three. Like he is very, is he is mindful of his shot selection and mm-hmm. is, you know, trying to get to the lane, trying to get to the free throw line, you know, trying to just score around the rim and in the mid range. So, it's uh, it's been an impressive season for Shea. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we will continue to talk about the Thunder team. The Thunder team. <laughs> and we're back after that quick break. Are we gonna? Are you gonna do a Tayshon's factoid right now? Yeah, I have. I have one for us. factoid, bigger in victory. Hey, I'm Tayshawn. This is my fifth year, did three. Unfortunately, this is not about this Thunder team. This is um, the Boston Celtics are still the number one team in the league. I think everyone agrees on that. Yep. Um, but something I found interesting, I was looking at leaders, and they have five players in the top 20 uh on three point field goal percentage. Can you guys name them? Let's see quickly if you can go through who those five players are. From the Boston Celtics in the top twenty three point percentage for the league. Jason Tatum. No. All right. <laughs> uh Grant Williams. Uh yes. He is third in the league. Malcolm Brogdon. He is number one in the league. Number one. Yeah, What a pickup. What a pickup. Sheesh. So that's two. Um, There's three more. Sam Hauser. Yes. He is ninth in the league. Jalen? No. No. I think Horford's up there. Horford is fifth. So they have four in the top 10 in the league, three point field goal percentage. There's one more top 20. And this is a, this is like, a funny one considering the discourse around this player especially last year oh marcus smart no Derek white (laughs) Derek white Derek white is tied with michael porter jr he's shooting 42.7 percent from three wow so i just thought it was crazy i was like man that team is so good jason tatum jalen brown and with yes of course those are the top two guys but they are so deep i mean they just have like so many guys that are good at basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. insane. And like Horford, like how much longer could Horford play in the league? Uh, right now, it looks like he's got three or four more years. He, well, they he just, just signed him to a two-year extension, yeah, he right? He's got an extension. He's 36. He doesn't seem. And to the be only reason he's still in the much. NBA is because of his one year That's in right. the Fountain of Youth here That's in right. Oklahoma City. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. You're welcome, Al Horford. You're welcome, Boston Celtics. You don't get this yep. version of Horford without without us. So take um, that. I thought that I thought I saw a Brogdon quote the other day and I thought that I thought was interesting. And he was saying, I've never played on a team that plays this together and makes everything this uh cohesive. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting because that last year with I think it was his last year with the Bucks or the year before his last year, that team was really good. 
And I thought that that how they played was really good. I mean, that was when Middleton was going off. Brogdon was going off. Giannis was really good. Uh, so I thought that was a weird – it felt kind of uh, like a shot at them. And he's probably mad at them for trading him, but – but say yeah that that was the it doesn't matter because the Bucks still won the championship but yeah. when they chose Eric Bledsoe over Malcolm Brogdon that was it's a bad choice it was a bad choice it was weird but also like Brogdon has admitted this year that he is better suited in a role like this because yeah. when he has to take on more his like his body can't handle it and like he breaks down and gets injured and just like can't handle like the minutes load that he is being asked like in in Indy and then even in Milwaukee. So it's worked out for old Malcolm. No, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good. Boston is really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're very very Who's good. your who is your uh Willow fandom team this week? Phoenix. Oh, okay, so you got to watch them play the that Boston game. They had on a bad Wednesday. week. They had a really bad week. That's the curse, man. They they lost to the Rockets this week. Oh, yeah, it's a riff. And then the Rockets just lost to the Spurs. Yeah, and the Clippers lost to Orlando. It's yeah, very confusing. This NBA season's wild. Clippers lost to the Heat last night too. Yeah. That was such a boring game. I looked at that coming up. I was like, oh god, these are two teams that should be good, and they're this game's going to be trash. The Heat are not fun. Not fun at all no. to watch. I'm like out on any heat experience. John's back toy bigger in mystery. John's back toy bigger in mystery. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, it is time for some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. You've got questions and you ask them on Twitter. <laughs> now we answer them for you. This is Twitter questions. <laughs> now let's get down to it. Our first Twitter question comes from at Giddy for Giddy. Last year, we talked about how great it was that Lou was attacking the rim more often. This year, we criticize him for it. Has Lou regressed in this department, or is he just taking more shots around the rim, and it seems worse? Man. I don't have any comparable stats. I know that you can figure that out. Uh, I think for me, is it's just... There's other guys enough where I wish he wasn't taking the quantity of shots that he's taking, especially when it feels forced like it does. Yeah. But I do think that the Thunder lack that aggressiveness when he's not playing. And we kind of alluded to that or talked about that earlier in the podcast. And so, yeah, I don't know what he's shooting comparably. It felt like it was better early, but it has trailed off recently. So he shot 19% of his shots came from 0 to 3 feet last year. This year it's 34%. So a pretty significant jump in shots uh right at the rim. And he is shooting he was shooting 61% last year and 56 this year. So like yeah, there's been a regression, but I also think that volume is another thing. So shot selection has always been kind of a problem for Lou and it's something that he's had to work on quite a bit. So I don't know. It's not something that I like. I'm particularly worried about because it's it's. We talk about how tough it is for Shea. It is also tough for Lou Dort to to finish around the rim whenever they're packing the paint like they are. So they need an outside threat. They need somebody else to care about that, and I think that will help not only Shea but Lou as well. Um, but yeah, that just kind of is what it is for now. Uh, let's see. This is from at it's that boy Parker. Does this season impact your over under predictions for next season? Mm, yes. I mean, it should. I mean, every season should impact the next season. But so, what's the what is this question trying to assume? Like, are you seeing things that make you more excited about the future? Yeah, I think he's. I think it's a. A question yeah. about positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And because I'm a positive guy myself. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, set it right now. Let's set the over under right now. 40. 40. I was going to go 44. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the wow. point of over under is it's got to make you challenge to either say over or under. under exactly. Under 40. Under 40? They're going 40 games this year, Andrew. They're going 40 this year. Oh, my gosh. No. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. They could shock the world. And and be I mean that Thunder team went from like twenty something wins to fifty wins. You know, I don't know I don't expect them to do that, but you know, if they got I like just think 36, there's enough 37 guys, wins. There's enough guys that will I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is the point of the question is looking at J Dub, what does J Dub's second year look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see some of these guys that take these leaps and could he be a guy that all of a sudden he's your starting three? And I don't know, like, what does Giddy figure out over the next year? What is, yeah. and then obviously we're not even talking about the fact that we'll add Chet, Chet plus whoever Cam Whitmore. they draft in in yeah. 2023, Cam Whitmore or you know Cam Whitmore maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, that Whitmore kid, maybe uh, Cam Whitmore or something. So I uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. There's just a lot to be excited about with the potential of this team, obviously, and I think that. She, 40 games is not out of the realm of possibility. The only thing that challenges that in my mind is how deep the NBA has become. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like even looking this year, for the most part, everybody's kind of packed in the middle record wise. And so, but I think 40 makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, from at Pepsi United, since Poku was granted guy status, he has scored 7.9 points per game on 38% from the field, 27% from three. One this point, is somebody. One point nine assists. One point three turnovers. Point three steals. Point four blocks. Is there anyone else to blame <laughs> for this besides Andrew? Let's <laughs> say this is like somebody that, like, earmarked that. Like, yeah, Andrew said he's a guy. Let me just follow the, him. Over I'll the take course. the blame. I'll take the blame for it. Yeah, it's your fault. I've I've done this before. You know, I did poor Deontay Burton playing for the Stockton Kings the other night <laughs> against. Uh, <laughs> Against Usman, you know, I'll, I'll take the blame for that one too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, at Brian and Bailey, do you guys think that Shea will make the All Star team this year? Yeah, I feel like he will. It seems like there's there's a national narrative around him now that's picked up just right on time. So I think he's. I think he'll make it. Yeah, I mean, the only challenge is how many other guys there are, and I think that. Here's my bet. Like, if I was going to make an actual prediction, I think what will happen is Shea will be just on the outside looking in, but somebody will not go because of an injury. And Shea will kind of like that year that Paul George made it. it would have been the first year he was here, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's how I think he gets in, just because there is such a a glut at the uh, guard position. Yeah, a glut. I've never heard that word before. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you said it look. so confidently. I thought I, I just thought yeah, I'd never heard it. Yeah, it's definitely a word. Yeah. So glut is an excessively abundant supply of something. Wow. Yeah. So there's been a glut. Um, wait. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think he makes it. Like, <laughs> I think he makes. I it. think he's a glut for it, dude. I, I think there's no way. <laughs> In glut, he doesn't make it. I think he makes it just outright. Because I think he makes it over a guy like Paul George and a guy like Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. who I think we both 
thought would be there. I think he makes it over Dame, who hasn't had a great season so far. Um, I think it's like Shea and Booker. And I guess part of it depends on, like, do you list Luka as a guard? You know, if Luka's a guard, then maybe it becomes a little bit tougher. But, like, Luka, Curry, Ja, Booker, like, those are the only guys that I think – yeah, I'd say like definitely deserve it and like should definitely be there over Shea. Where is the All Star Game this year? Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. You going? I uh, don't plan to. Come on, man. It'd be cool to go though. I don't know. Tell your bosses you want to go. I want to go. They'll send you. Any chance in the next fifteen years that the Oklahoma City no could host it? No. No. 20 years. Maybe. Hmm. 15? No. Andrew, we've had a Over we've had a precipitous climb as a city. We need more hotels. The ranks of cities. We need more hotels. We got a lot of hotels, man. Think okay. of how many hotels we've got in the past five years. Downtown. Three? Three years. Maybe more. five? We need more. Oh, hotels? More hotels. Oh, there's like 25 hotels now, man. Just get 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 us some more hotels, and that'd be that'd be crazy if if the All Star Game was in Oklahoma City. I just don't uh, see it happening. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At Joseph, a forecast. When the time comes, Poco and Chet on the court at the. Uh, when the time comes, Poco and Chet on the court at the same time. Is that the goal, or we use Poku interchangeably as the Chet backup? No, I think they'll play a lot at the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't see Poku's role evolving much differently than it already kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you just hope that he just continues to improve and get better, and, like, this is kind of who he is. Like, kind of a corner three shooter, defender, somebody that's just kind of, you know, linking the team on both offense and defense. Yeah. Has some ball skills. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, at job, Taylor. me, love Thundamo. Talk me down. Why should I still be excited about Trey Man? Why does Why does Isaiah <laughs> Joe seem like a better compliment than Man to this team? Okay, I've been having the same feeling. Even just watching that Memphis game, there were so many. I know Trey Man's stats look like like he ended up shooting. I think fifty percent from the field and from three. But the shots that he missed were, like, painful. It felt like you really need to make those. Those yeah. shots. Not yeah. these shots. These shots, yeah, they show up on the stat board. But it just just watching the game, it just doesn't feel like he's hitting when he needs to hit. Does that make sense? And Isaiah Joe only hits when he needs to hit. Well, and I think I, – I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I mentioned this actually last week is Isaiah Joe shoots like – you want Trey Man to. I think the yeah. difference is is the I mean and y'all can convince me otherwise, but I do think that Isaiah Joe is a limited, a more limited offensive player than what we think Trey Man can be. Now Trey hasn't proven it in the sense of consistency, but with his twitchiness, his ability, the step back three is like an elite skill. He can't make it consistently, but it's an elite ability to get there. 
And when Trey is playing well, he can finish at the rim as well. And the floater game, there's a lot of kind of variations to it that I think make Trey's potential higher than Isaiah Joe. But there's no question in my mind right now, Isaiah Joe is who would I feel more comfortable taking the three when it matters the most? I mean, Isaiah Joe without question. Yeah, I mean, this just comes down to like percentage this season. I mean, Isaiah Joe is the best on the Thunder from three, 45.5%. Trey Mann, the worst on the team, 29.2% on the season. So Isaiah Joe, like, he kind of reminds me of a little bit more athletic Anthony Morrow. Like, not to that elite level yet, because we just don't know. But he just reminds me a little bit of a that kind of style of guy. Yeah, and he's not, <clears throat> excuse me, he's not like super small either. You know, like he's not Seth Curry small. You know, he's like 6'4". Yeah, and he feels like he can hold up on defense at least a little bit more than Morrow could. Yeah, he's played pretty well. Yeah, he can slide his feet a lot better than Morrow could. Yeah, I mean, is there a chance that in three years it's Isaiah Joe that's coming off the bench for the Thunder and not Trey Mann? Yes, there's a chance of that. Because it, I mean, it's all about it's all about results with these shooters, right? Like you can talk about yes. process over results, but like what it comes down to is like, can you make a shot? You know. And Trey is two years younger; he's got time. They're not. No one's giving up on Trey, man. Like that's just not happening. But you know, Isaiah Joe's coming for a spot. He's got a guaranteed contract with the Thunder. And he's played well. I mean, you can't deny it. But, you know, I still think the most likely outcome is that probably neither are, like, super impactful on the team in a few years. What? But I think I'm that... I'm out on everything you say now. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to find, like, legit minutes for guys. We're talking about bringing in somebody in this next draft class. We're talking about bringing in Chet. We're talking about keeping guys like Aaron Wiggins and Kenrich on the team and then playing significant roles. Yeah. I think the, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think that's why it's so important for if Isaiah Joe does develop even more and and that three point eliteness is real, then I think that you've got to, I mean, he's going to get minutes. Yeah. Like they're going to need somebody that can come in and just, hit shots and cannot be a sieve on defense. And so either one of those guys, I do still like the potential of Trey man being that sixth man that just kind of comes in, gives you some quality minutes and can score. I don't know, man, like a Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams type guy. Like why couldn't that be Trey's future? I mean, I think it definitely could. He just has to make shots. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like that's that's the ideal version of what Trey becomes. And I do think he's a little more at least intentional. I don't think Mark would allow a guy his his with his age to be as checked out on defense as Jamal and Lou were yeah, with yeah. regularity. But I don't know, like that's the ideal version of what Trey becomes. And so there's definitely a place for him there. But he also could be somebody if he does develop that direction, he could be the trade piece that somebody would love to have that you could pair with some picks to get the guy that you need, you know, like, I don't know. I just still, I believe in the, the way he can get to his shot, but he has to start making a man. It is mm-hmm. not just missing, but bad misses 
there's another one in that Grizzlies game where he actually shot decently well, I think, but in that Grizzlies game where he threw it, like it barely even touched the rim. Yeah. Just hammered off the backboard. You know, it's like, and that's a confidence thing. That's what makes me the most the most nervous about him is there is very much a mental part to him where you can see his confidence wane and it just it's just bad. Yeah. That's why for me, like if I was defending or if I was playing Trey, like he needs to get an easy first bucket and his whole night will be different mm-hmm. based on that. Yeah. Um but I don't know. Because he hit a little jump shot early against Memphis and I was like, okay, this could be a Trey game. Yeah. Yeah, he played he played well against Memphis. And like the numbers yeah. are still good with with Trey Man on the floor. Like the team just performs better overall. But like the the tandem whenever you put they played ninety two minutes, Isaiah Joe and Shea this season, and they're a plus nineteen net rating for the season. Offensive rating of one twenty three and then a defensive rating of one oh four. I mean, it's pretty good. And like and it's just kind of proven through the numbers too, like when he plays with Lindy Waters, which hasn't been as much, like thirty four minutes total, but they're plus twenty five. You know, when Shea plays with somebody that can shoot the basketball. It's like it's it's a good thing. And, you know, he and Wiggins, like that two man tandem is is very, very good as well. So you know, it's not that complicated. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the thing with this is like this this is not rocket science. You know, it's put shooting around the one of the best free throw shooters on high volume and a guy that gets into the paint at will and it will help. So yeah, I mean, you just watch players or teams defend them, and Memphis is the prime example. Put, yeah. put everybody close to the lane and dare the Thunder to beat you from the three-point line. Yeah. And yeah. for three quarters against Memphis, the Thunder were doing it, and then it just fell off a cliff in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, let's do a couple more questions. What's the best food to eat while watching a basketball game at KCPEN? I need some context. Are we talking at the game? Or are we talking? Let's go at both home? at home and then at the game. So at the game, I'm I'm pretty boring. I'm probably going like that's a sporting events and hot dogs are kind of my thing, I guess. Yeah. Schwab dogs. Schwab dogs. Schwab dog dog diggity dog. So that's probably what I'm going with. But yeah. I've tried multiple things there. I've done burgers at the arena. They're okay. I've done like their chop brisket. That's okay. Yeah. Sometimes I'm intrigued by these little uh, personal pan pizzas that people get. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you eat when you're there? Candy? You know, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm not I'm trying to stay away from candy for the most part. So oh boy, you still on that sugar train? I mean, I'm doing some sugar here and there, but trying to stay away from it as much as possible. How's the cereal intake, man? Less much, dramatically much. down. Yeah. Turns out there's sugar in cereal. Turns out, <laughs> found that out recently. Didn't you know, know you big O'Brien man. I'm a big O'Brien guy. Um, uh, I'm I'm snacking on peanuts mostly. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
Just regular peanuts? Yeah, they got little packets of regular planters peanuts. Yep. In the media dining room. The dangerous one is when you convince yourself the trail mix isn't just packed full of sugar. Oh, yeah. That's another like, one. Oh, trail mix. It's healthy. It's like, no, it's All just it. M&M's. All of it is really bad. It, the, even the one with M&M's, this is going a little deep on trail mix, but like the one with M&M's is usually the one that has the least amount of sugar. Yeah, but if you start going to like the dry fruits and oh, the, the dry fruits, yeah. that's going to get you. It'll bite you. It will. S- stay away. Tons of sugar. Um, at Kiwi Thunder Fan, choose. Oh, at home. What are you eating at home? Uh, so truthfully, is most Thunder games are at 7 p.m. Yep. I'm done eating by then. I try to be done eating by then. Yeah. Uh, if I do, I'm snacking on something. So we do a lot of the, what's it called? Like the boom pop. Boom chicka pop. Popcorn. Yeah. But we do like the kettle corn version. Oh, it's like so good. Calories. It's oh, pretty it's good. Yeah. So, so good. So it's, yeah. it, I'm not sure my wife loves it. My but wife. all the snacks that we get for my son for his normal life, being a 13 year old boy, is like, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. So we do like Ritz crackers with, you know, like the cheese Ritz crackers or those popcorn things, these little Pringle things. So I'll, if I do that, last night I had a PB and J while watching uh, a <laughs> little bit of, which is a mistake. Like that, my wife came out, I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I was like, I'm just eating a peanut butter. <laughs> like shame. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, but oh that's, that's God. like, if I'm really splurging a PB and J sandwich at night, we'll be the go-to. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I've really been into frozen grapes recently. You do frozen grapes? Uh, this is too much information, but I have incredibly sensitive teeth. Oh, so I can't, can't do, do something like that. I yeah. need like room temperature grapes. Yeah, yeah. Frozen grapes better. It's upgraded. Upgraded. I can imagine, but it's like I would have to wait for it to warm up. <laughs> In my mouth, <laughs> yeah, that is good. Chew it. It's so sad. Or to swallow them whole. Is the point to swallow them whole? No. <laughs> These are delicious. Yeah. Um, at Keep with Thunder fan, choose Poku with Dort's muscles or Giddy with Isaiah Joe's shooting. That's an easy one for me. I'm Giddy, man. Oh, yeah, no, Poku. Give me Giddy with. I mean, Poku's <laughs> a swollen Poku is not. <laughs> I don't know what his NBA skill becomes, but I feel no, like he loses. I feel like he loses like all of his powers if he's just bulked up like that. I feel like he can't move. <laughs> he would have to go into a different like profession. Yeah, he would. He'd have to be like an action movie star or something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Giddy to be able to shoot at forty plus percent from the three point line. Come on, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Penny in the chat says that she puts lime juice with them before she freezes the grapes. I got to try that. Thanks for the tip. So, Penny, the the question is, and I'm in a real. I've been I've been evaluating this with a lot of work in the last uh, few years. Is real lime juice, or do you get buy bottle stuff? Because mm. there's, if you talk to a bartender, there is a stark difference mm-hmm. in freshly squeezed lime juice versus store bought. But freshly squeezed is also so much a pain in the rear end, like to mm-hmm. get enough of it. So just, you know, just asking a question. Yeah. Got to go real. I know. I think it's I better, real. but I go real. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Limes. Um, at about to dunk. I'm curious about the strength of the upcoming draft. For example, 
If OKC ends up with the fifth, five through seventh pick and Houston calls on draft night offering Jabari Smith for the pick, what is the response? I mean, Houston's not going to do that probably, but. But if they did, I'd say. I would. I'd stick with the draft pick probably. Yeah, I would too. I'm not big on Jabari Smith. I probably still am. Like, I love his skill set, potential skill set for what this Thunder team looks like they're building. Like, to have a four that could play next to Chet that is a good defender and supposedly a, a good spot-up shooter, limited everywhere else, but that's, I mean, he's the best version of what we hope Poku can be, yeah. you know? In, in theory for both of them. They're both super young, and we don't know what Jabari is. He hasn't had a great start to his career, but he's playing in Houston. So, yeah. No, I'd go with whoever it is, especially five to seven. You're looking at some guys that probably are would have been in the top three in yeah. last year's draft. I think I'd rather have Brandon Miller than Jabari. Um, I think I'd rather have Cam Whitmore for sure than Jabari. And the, uh, you know, one of those guys is probably going to be available at five because, like, Amon Thompson's probably going in the top three or four. Yeah. What's you his know? brother's name? Us Us Asir. Asar. Asar. I mean, he'll be he'll be in that range too. So I think I'd rather roll the dice. I'm just I'm not, and I like you said at the beginning, like Houston's not going to do that. But I'm not big. I'm not super high on, especially with this Thunder team, where you're being asked to make decisions. Like every Thunder player is being asked to make decisions, and like Jabari just can't do that. Like that's no. And maybe he develops it over time. But it's not natural for him to be a decision maker. Like that's why, like there's, you know, the, you could, right now the Thunder team could have Kaminga and Jabari Smith on their team rather than yeah. Giddy and Chet. But that's they, yeah they made they a decision based on the way yeah. they want to build a team, and it's hard. Like I think for Jabari Smith particularly is I. I don't think, and maybe I'm, this is total homer bias against the Rockets, but I don't think he's in the proper place for him to actualize who he could be. Like, I'm still really high on Jabari. Um, yeah. But, man, I just don't love the, I know Houston ran over Oklahoma City. I get it, but they don't They don't give me the most uh, confidence in their ability to to get the best version of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, Jabari needs to be around like a an elite passing point guard. Yeah. You know. And they don't have that. And doesn't look like they're going to get that or want that. Yeah, they don't they don't. I mean, unless I mean, if they get Scoot Henderson, Scoot? then things change pretty quickly for them. Like he'd be actually pretty perfect for them. Yeah, Scoot and Jalen. That's a pretty fun little to kind of link backcourt. everything together. You know, Wimby, obviously you won't Wimby, but like you can make the argument that like Scoot Henderson would be actually perfect a better fit for what Houston needs because they just need somebody that can get other guys open shots, and they just don't have that at all. Uh, let's see, maybe one more question. Oh, at Zach Deeg, y'all watch much of the World Cup? And what Thunder player do you think would make the best soccer player? I mean, is Dork the easy one to say? That's what I was thinking too. Just because he's probably the most athletic. It's just a beast of a man. He is. And, like, I just watched. There's a – he didn't make the World Cup roster. 
but there's a guy named Daryl DK who's from Edmond actually played at Edmond North and but now he plays in uh, uh West Bromwich or Bromwich. Anyway, he uh he's got just this skill. He's just physically, athletically more dominant than almost anybody he plays with on the field. I wish you'd have made the World Cup roster just to see how he does in that environment. But he is uh that's kind of that dort. I just think when you get him on the field, just his ability to use or on the pitch, uh to give him the opportunity to just use his athleticism. Yeah. But you know, there's space for all of those guys, like a Trey Mann kind of type guy who's who's super quick and athletic as well. Yeah. You know, probably has great ball skill, would have ball a great ball skill. Yeah. Um, if that was the sport he emphasized, you would think. But I don't know, man. You watch any World Cup? I mean, I watch the US. Yeah, that's what I did too. I've I've turned on a few and I'll probably watch the uh quarterfinals this weekend, but I don't know. It's hard, man. I like following us. It's a lot of fun. We watched that. My, that made my son and I, we watched the Netherlands game, but I don't know. I don't know anything about soccer. And so I'm like, I just, yeah. All right. Yep. Goals are good. That's what I know. Yep. I know about soccer. Uh, okay. Excuse me. We'll have another show for you guys on Monday. Uh, the Thunder play the Cavs on Saturday. That is a, a pretty scary one, but I'm very intrigued to see how the Thunder bounce back uh, with the way they played against Memphis. I think they obviously could play better. So I'm intrigued to see uh, any matchups that you're watching for in that game, Jamon. Uh No. No. Like it. I think that. I don't know. I mean, it's just every position that they match up. Like, if Dort plays, like, yeah, obviously I'd like to see Dort, Donovan Mitchell. Like, I I like the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bigs are just such a bad matchup for the Thunder. Like, yeah, they're pretty dominant. Jared Allen and Mobley, you have nobody on the Thunder. You're like, oh, I really can't wait to see Jared Allen versus Muscala. It's like, <laughs> nope. Or Jerry, who I love, and I love the fact that now we call him Jerry. Yeah. Uh, like, I love what he does, but that's not something you're intrigued by. Like, yeah. Poku and Mobley, I guess, but that's... Yeah, that's not it. No. So, it's like, no. It's really just really. Shea against this defense, because this is yeah. one of the best defenses in and the I'm league. And I'm always intrigued, like, what is J-Dub? Who, what, what can J-Dub do? He was not great against the Grizzlies, but he's been so good over the last, you know, yeah. 10 or 15 games where it's like... Can he bounce back? What does he look like when he's the one that's going to be leaned on? I think he's yep. going to have to pick up the offensive load if they have any shot of doing this yep. uh, against the Cavs. But it's not a great matchup no, for not. the Thunder. Uh, and I think it's on purpose. Like, If Sam really wanted to make this team competitive this year, he would have already added some sort of center for this team. Mm-hmm. But that's he doesn't. It's like, why would I invest anything in what is clearly a rebuilding yeah, you know, and, continuation. When the, and when the center on the team is, you know, yeah, on the shelf. Just yes. So like just, we don't yeah, need to invest don't do in it. and I think they will I'd still wonder if they'll add a, a bigger body, you know, or will they just expect JRE to to help with some of the physical side of it and then mm-hmm. allow Chet to play more off ball. But anyway, I, I think at some point they'll figure that out. But Chet is still an elite rebounder too, even though he doesn't have the size. Yeah. Um Anyway, yeah, 
I think I still think like you have to keep in mind and the whole fan base has to keep in mind like this is going to be a s- still a pretty slow rebuild and like that's the intent behind what's going on. So yeah, it's just hard to. to you're absolutely right. I completely agree with that. But it's hard when you see these glimpses this year when you're like, hmm. yeah, no, there's there's definitely encouraging signs. You know, yeah, you have what you think is a superstar. You have what you hope is going to be another one that comes off the bench. Yeah. I don't know. And then you have the pieces around like J-Dub that's developing. There's enough encouragement this year where you're like, it doesn't feel as far off as it has felt. Yeah. That's yeah. only been, what, two years, really? Three? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening to our show. You guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.